This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. Subway to Shea Podcast, Anthony Rivera, here with you, talking about all the news and happenings surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets. Episode 69 is here, and there's so much to talk about, but first I wanted to get into my experience at the Keith Hernandez Retirement Ceremony. It's my first retirement ceremony. I missed out on the Mike Piazza one and the Jerry Kuzman one as well. Didn't get an opportunity to get tickets to go to both of those events. The line to get into City Field was like I've never seen before. So packed. And I'm saying this because I've never been to a playoff game at City Field, which I'm sure was sold out. But this is the first game that I've been to where I felt a little anxious, a little bit of anxiety. It was so much crowded. The fans were so into it. We're having such a good time. I think it was uh, the second sold out crowd of the year outside of opening day and all for Keith Hernandez. It was fun. I really enjoyed myself. Got one of those bobbleheads and to compare the whole bobblehead situation, a couple years back, the Mets gave out the Marvel and Mets Thor Noah Syndergaard bobblehead and I think they gave out maybe about 5,000 of those. And the line to get into City Field went all the way back to the end of the parking lot. And I'm telling you, like, seriously, literally all the way to the end of the parking lot. At least this time around, they gave about half the stadium, 25,000 bobblehead worth out there. And, you know, the lines were, were moving. And everybody was grooving and getting in there. Everyone got their bobbleheads. And uh, I may be giving away one of these uh, bobbleheads. So stay tuned for that in the near future. We will talk about that more in future episodes of Subway to Shea. And let's get into the ceremony itself. The video package was great. The Mets have a great content team, whether it was the Mike Piazza package, this Keith Hernandez package. They've done all these commercials this season, and they've done such a great job of putting these videos together. Uh, the speech itself, what a great job. You could tell Keith was emotional, was excited, was happy. The fans were excited, emotional, and happy. He even pumped up this 2022 Mets team, which was great to see. All the dignitaries that were there, Ron and Gary, Mookie, Tim Tuffle, Mike Piazza was there. His brother, Gary, Keith's brother, Gary, had a huge ovation. That was great to see, and he threw out the first pitch to Gary from first base. So very fitting. The Apple had the 17 on it where the Mets logo usually goes. They played 80s music throughout the entire game, which I love 80s music. So it was you know, great to get into that mind frame from Keith Hernandez's days of playing. Awesome, awesome, 
awesome day. You had the game itself, Alonzo hitting a home run, and how fitting the first baseman, uh, Pete Alonzo, who, you know, shaved to just have a mustache like Keith Hernandez and also wore the stirrups, hits a home run. How fitting. Francisco Lindor hit a home run, which hit off the foul pole right by me. That was my first time ever seeing in person a home run ball that close, and seeing it hit off the foul pole was just very cool. The game-winning hit was reminiscent of the 1986 team. You had the little roll-up along third base from Tomas Nito to score the tying run in the 10th. Mark Canna came in to score, and then Brandon Nimmo. Hit a comebacker up to the pitcher who couldn't handle it, threw wildly to first on an error, and the run came in to score. I think it was Jacob Resnick who posted this from SNY, and he said, Before today, the last time the Mets won on a walk-off error with two outs in extra innings was the 1986 World Series Game 6. Gets through Buckner some magic on Keith Hernandez day and we talked about how fitting it was for Pete to hit the home run how about how fitting this game to win was with the way it happened it just felt like fate was on the Mets side now I gotta thank you the listeners and all the followers that I have on Twitter for sharing your stories on your initial thoughts to the Keith Hernandez trade. I know I posted this on Twitter. I know how everyone feels about Keith Hernandez now and how they felt, you know, post winning the World Series. But I wanted to find out your initial thoughts because I wasn't alive when he got traded. Heck, I wasn't even alive when the Mets won the World Series. I was still two weeks away. But I wanted to know your initial thoughts and so many of the stories that I got from you guys on Twitter, I retweeted them. And then I also shared them on Instagram stories or Insta stories, however you want to call it. So if you go on my Instagram at Subway to Shea, there is a pinned story titled Keith. And you can go through that and you can check out all the stories and the thoughts of that initial trade that brought Keith Hernandez to the New York Mets. So it was a great day on Saturday for this event What a fun time. What a fun game. The atmosphere was amazing. The fans, all of you fans, were amazing. And it was just fun to enjoy such a great event. And the Mets enjoyed a great week so far as they take the series versus the Atlanta Braves. Two out of three on Monday. They won four to one. Max Scherzer and Edwin Diaz dominated. Scherzer coming back in his second start still gives up no walks in both of his starts. This start, he had, I think it was nine strikeouts. He pitched another gem. He should teach the bullpen how to not throw any walks, but seven innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, 2.15 ERA this season for Max Scherzer, and he's 6-1 now. Edwin Diaz earned his 19th save, one innings pitched, and three strikeouts. He struck out the side. He's got a 1.73 ERA at this moment in time. And um, who else helped out in that game? Luis Guillorme. He got his second home run of the season, and how fitting that he got it off of Darren O'Day, who he got his first home run off of not too long ago. You go to Tuesday's game, they lost 4-1. to So they won 4-1 to on Monday, lose 4-1 to on Tuesday. The offense was stale. The only RBI came from Francisco Lindor, but you got a solid performance by David Peterson, and even though he took the loss... He made one mistake to Matt Olson, giving up a two-run shot, and that was it. He pitched very well. 
but they bring in Seth Lugo, and Seth Lugo kind of put the game out of hand, gives up a home run. He's struggling again. I feel like we're repeating ourselves with the struggling Seth Lugo, and um, I got to say, I got to eat some crow here. I was wrong about Seth Lugo. I was wrong about Edwin Diaz. Initially, in the offseason, I wanted to trade Edwin Diaz if he was pitching this well towards the middle of the season. I thought with him becoming a free agent that the Mets should get the most out of him, trade him if he's pitching very well because you could get a lot of prospects or maybe trade him for someone else and then put Seth Lugo as the closer. Now, mind you, this was in the offseason. I thought Seth Lugo, who pitched well in 19, who proved that he could save some games when Edwin Diaz fell apart, that maybe it was time to give him the opportunity because he wasn't going to get an opportunity to start. So you give him the opportunity to be the closer and maybe that will work. But Seth Lugo has struggled pitching in back-to-back games, in multiple innings. And if he's not going to do any of these things, then I, I really don't know if it's worth having him on the team. And I'll get into that more later. But I think the priority now is to re-sign Edwin Diaz because he's one of the best closers in all of baseball. You put him with Josh Hader from Milwaukee and who else is out there that's a a really good closer? You want to count Kenley Jansen in there? Do you want to count Clay Holmes from the Yankees? Edwin Diaz, one of the best. If you see his strikeout ratio, I know that I think it was Matthew Brownstein who posted it because he's always great with the stats, but his strikeout ratio to batters is great. One of the best, maybe the best. So we'll get a little more into what the Mets should do with Seth Lugo a little later on. This bullpen keeps walking and keeps giving up home runs, and it's been a struggle for them to stay consistent. Now, Wednesday, which was the rubber match, and I thought it was going to rain, but luckily it held off. Mets win 7-3, take the series. Chris Bassett pitched like he said on the commercial for SNY. He didn't care who you were. He was going to come after you, and he came after the Braves. He pitched very well and came right at the Braves and gave the Mets just the start that they needed. He improved to 7-6, six six innings pitched today, 5 hits, 1 earned run, 2 walks, and 6 strikeouts with a 3.79 ERA this season. Who else helped out? Eduardo Escobar hit a home run. Mark Canna hit a home run. And Francisco Lindor hit a three-run shot. That kind of put the game out of reach. Gave the Mets a big lead. A lead that they needed. They needed to have a comfort game and not be so close. With Edwin Diaz needing some rest. With some of the bullpen arms needing some rest. You know, Francisco Lindor has really come through this season when they needed him the most. I know that some people will disagree and some people have it out for Francisco Lindor. But last season, we're talking all of 2021. And this is including the injury because he missed some significant time with an injury. Francisco Lindor had 63 RBIs all season. You know how many RBIs he has right now? And we're not even at the All-Star break? 64. 16 home runs. He's batting 244. But in his last seven games, three home runs, seven RBIs, batting 281. Now, I know for a lot of people, the average is not that important anymore. But to me, I still think average is important. I'm kind of old school still. Now, looking at the Braves for a quick second, they kind of remind me of the 2015-2016 New York Mets. It's home run or bust for the team. They've hit so many home runs. They crush fastballs, and they struggle against off-speed pitches. And that's something, if they're going to repeat as champions, because they have a great chance to do that, 
Let's be honest, they're the defending champions and they have a great chance to repeat again. If they're going to do this, they got to get better because once you get to the postseason, you're not playing the Nationals anymore, okay? You're not playing Colorado anymore. You're going to face some elite pitching and home runs are not going to come easy. So they're going to need to step up their game. But what I think is the most important out of all of this is that for Braves and the Braves fans, it's time to acknowledge these Mets. It's time to acknowledge them. They're good. The Mets won this series without Starling Marte, who's injured. He's not on the injured list, but he's taking up a spot on the bench right now. And the Mets don't have another player out there that can hit. Jeff McNeil, he's on paternity leave. James McCann, who's injured and on the injured list. When you have Luis Guillorme batting cleanup, you know that you need reinforcements. Now, I know Luis Guillorme got a big hit batting in the four spot, but he should not be batting cleanup. And that leads me to my next point. We know what the Mets need to improve. It's come to that point. We know what they need. The Mets know what they need. And it's quite simple. They need bullpen help. At least two pieces from the bullpen. Hopefully, it's a lefty and a righty. They need a DH, desperately. Could use some bench help, and that fits in a little bit with the DH spot. And if they want to go after a starting pitcher, I wouldn't mind it. The question is, why haven't they made a move yet? Why aren't they making moves right away? Well, for me, in my opinion, it's because this year is different in terms of baseball format. The addition of more playoff teams has changed things totally. With more teams still in it, there's a resistance, a hesitancy to trade early. You got teams like the Baltimore Orioles who finally got to 500 who are still in this. Why would they trade some of their best players if they think they have an opportunity? If they trade everyone off now, they're not going to sell tickets. So I think teams like them are going to wait to the trade deadline, which is August 2nd. And also an important part is that there's no moves can be made afterwards either. It's August 2nd and that is it. So the Mets right now are in a holding pattern. And Sandy Alderson who you can take what Sandy Alderson says with a grain of salt maybe because, you know, he's not in charge anymore. I know he likes to do interviews and he likes to get out there, but it's really Billy Epler and probably Steve Cohen. But Sandy Alderson was on the Post's The Show podcast with John Heyman and Joel Sherman, and he said, we've got among the lowest DH productivity in the game. Take Alonzo out of it, and it's been very poor. We've been waiting all season for one or two of those players to ignite, and that hasn't happened. And Sandy Alderson wasn't specific, but we all know who he was talking about. We all know it was J.D. Davis and Dom Smith. Neither of them have been very productive. They've had the opportunity to be productive. They got rid of Robinson Cano so that they could keep Dom Smith and J.D. Davis, and neither of them have grabbed that DH position and held on to it. They even sent down Dom Smith to get him right, brought him back, and still really not much. J.D. Davis may have a, a good game every, what, 10 games? But both of them have struggled. That's not the productivity that you want at the DH position. You need someone to drive in runs. You need someone to hit for power. J.D. Davis is supposed to hit lefties. He hasn't done that. He doesn't play a position. So what use is he? At least Dom Smith can play first base, but he also is not hitting. He hasn't had a home run in over a year. So the Mets are trying to get something out of Dom Smith and J.D. Davis to at least increase their value. And they're not helping each other or the team. And you're thinking probably if they don't make a trade right now, and if they stick this out, why not bring up Mark Vientos, who's in AAA? Well, in my opinion, Mark Vientos right now is in a holding pattern. And I think he's in a holding pattern 
because they're going to use him as trade bait. Obviously, it feels like he's ready. He's batting 258, 16 home runs, 45 RBIs. He's having a really good season down there in AAA Syracuse. Like I said, he seems ready. It's just I think they're using him as trade bait. If they bring him up and he struggles, then his value decreases. And we already have two players like that in Dom Smith and J.D. Davis. Their value is very low when it comes to trades. If Mark Vientos comes up from AAA, struggles in the majors, you're going to have to trade from one of your more coveted prospects, like a Mauricio, like a Beatty, like a Matthew Allen, like an Alex Ramirez. So you got to be careful. With the Mets needing help at DH, could we see Francisco Alvarez show up soon? I don't think so. I think he's going to take some time to adjust to AAA. I think it's been in six games for Francisco Alvarez in AAA Syracuse that he is batting 100. So not off to the greatest of starts. And I don't think that bringing him up to just DH helps him out and benefits him because the Mets are going to want him to be the catcher of the future. So he's going to have to learn that as well. And learning a new pitching rotation this deep into the season, I don't think it's the way to go. With that said, should the Mets trade for a catcher like a Wilson Contreras from the Chicago Cubs? It's a possibility if you can attach a David Robertson to come out of the bullpen for the Mets. We all know that now James McCann's going to be out for a while. We have Tomas Nito and Patrick Mazika. And I'd like to see Tomas Nito start, but, you know, it's not what we fully need. He needs to be the guy that comes off the bench and fills in here and there. So we'll see where the Mets go. I wonder if they get a more of a backup catcher or lesser named catcher instead of going after Contreras. Because if you're getting a Contreras, it's the same type of situation you're getting into that we did with Javi Baez. You're probably giving up an elite prospect only to rent Wilson Contreras. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? I don't know. If he helps us win a World Series, then heck yeah, it's worth it. But if it doesn't get that far, what have we done? An area of desperate need is bullpen. We talked about the walks. We talked about the home runs. A lot of it given up by Seth Lugo and Drew Smith, who have been struggling. Drew Smith actually has kind of turned the corner a little bit, but he's still susceptible to the home run. I still want to give Drew Smith a little bit of time, but I think it might be time to trade Seth Lugo. With him being a free agent next year, it might be best to ship him off with, you know, a Dom Smith, a Vientos, or a J.D. Davis to bring in a piece. They definitely need two bullpen pieces, at the very least. They could do what they did in 2015 when they brought in Tyler Clippard and Addison Reed and add that one-two combo out of the bullpen. That would be great. A lefty, even better. Andrew Chafin's out there. I've talked about Aaron Loop maybe making that return happen, especially with the Angels struggling out there in Anaheim right now. David Robertson. There are going to be relievers to get, and we'll know better as we get closer to the trade deadline. I don't think any big moves are going to happen within the next week, week and a half. But as we get closer to August 2nd, and the rumors start to swirl more, and teams start dropping out of the playoff hunt, the Mets are going to be right there. And that's what's most important, Mets fans, to know that the Mets are going to be there, they're going to be active, and they're going to get this done because Steve Cohen wants to win a championship. And I think that he will do whatever it takes to get that done. We just have to have a little bit of patience. And you got to believe. You got to believe. Now, my final notes before this train leaves the station. The Mets send four All-Stars out to Los Angeles. Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, Starling Marte, and Edwin Diaz. All four of these Mets 
are on their second turn going to the All-Star game. It's their second selection each. So congratulations to all four of them. Others that should have been considered, to me, Taiwan Walker definitely should have been considered. Max Scherzer, even though he's been injured and has missed a significant amount of time, he should have also been considered. And Francisco Lindor. The guy is in top 10 in RBIs and one of the best shortstops in baseball right now. You can say whatever you want about his contract status. He has delivered for the Mets this year. And he's done it in a short amount of time. So I don't know if there's going to be any fill-ins, if, if there are any reserves. Hopefully all three or one. or Hopefully one of these guys gets to get in there. I would like to be, to be all three, but I know that could be a little hard with all the other teams out there. But the Mets deserve uh, these All-Stars. And I'm, I'm glad because in years past, I remember when there was only one Met going to the All-Star game. So it's nice to see a whole bunch Right, It's nice to see four Mets get into this All-Star game with, who knows, maybe some more on the way. Not only is Pete Alonso in the All-Star game, he announced that he will be attempting for the three-peat at the Home Run Derby. He's the first to attempt the three-peat. I know that Ken Griffey Jr. had also won three Home Run Derbies, and that would tie with... Pete Alonso, if Alonso can make it three in a row. I don't know if Ken Griffey won three in a row, but I know he, he won three. And if Alonso gets three in a row, that would be the first time that that's ever happened. Other participants include Jose Ramirez from Cleveland, Julio Rodriguez from Seattle, Kyle Schwarber from Philly, Juan Soto from Washington, Ronald Acuna Jr. from Atlanta, and Albert Pujols from St. Louis. On top of that whole thing going on this week, we also have... The Futures game, and the Mets are going to be represented by Francisco Alvarez and Mark Vientos. Congratulations to them both. If you're watching out on the Futures game, look out for Francisco Alvarez and Mark Vientos. Now, that will wrap up this week's episode of the Subway to Shea podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Subway to Shea. You can listen and subscribe to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Pocket Casts. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. If you're a new listener to this podcast, welcome. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you consider subscribing on any of the platforms I just mentioned. Also, make sure to share it with your fellow Med fans and let them know that this is the podcast to listen to. If you've been a supporter this whole time, I can't thank you enough. This show wouldn't be where it is without you. And because of you, you've helped this show to go global. This podcast is not only played in the U.S., but also has reaches across the globe. So no matter where you listen to this show, please take a few minutes to write me a review and let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I want to make this show better for you each and every week. So by going on Apple Podcasts, leaving me one to five stars and a comment in the review section, it could help me to help make this show grow each and every week. And you can also do that on Spotify. There's an option on Spotify to rate the show. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can do it there and Spotify as well. Don't forget to follow my work for Rising Apple. Rising Apple is a New York Mets site on the fan side and network. You can read my articles by going to risingapple.com or checking out the links in the description of this week's podcast episode. Make sure to follow Rising Apple on Twitter at Rising Apple Blog and the Fan Sided Network at Fan Sided. 
Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's podcast. I appreciate you all so very much, and that will do it. Always remember to listen, subscribe, share, and review. For Anthony Rivera, you've been listening to Subway to Shea. Let's go Mets.